Alright, before we start, we are going to need three things. Notebook paper, a pencil or pen, and your Bible. You can pause this podcast to take your time and grab these three things if you don't have them right now, okay? Now, I want you to think about the questions I'm going to ask. You can even go back and write them down on the notebook paper that you have. So the first question is, how would you define wealth? In other words, what does wealth mean to you? And what do you think wealthy people should do with their resources? Many of you know already that being wealthy, it it can be to be a millionaire. Someone who can buy a mansion, a beautiful car, nice clothes, lots of jewelry. A wealthy person can probably lose a thousand dollars and they won't even notice. That is how I would like to define a wealthy person. And to answer the second question, I'm pretty sure most of us feel like wealthy people should be generous to those who have less, to donate, and to give to charity. So the next question is, who does God expect to be generous? Well, God expects all of his people to be generous, whether they are rich or poor, young or old. And the last question for right now is, what are some ways that people can be generous? The biggest answer, of course, is money. But there are people out there who don't have a lot to give. Fortunately, they can give their valuable time, talents, and skills to share with people in need. Number one, how even those in poverty have something to offer in God's kingdom. Oh, I'm sorry. How those even in poverty have something to offer to God's kingdom. Number two, that the key principles of godly living are obedience and selflessness. And number three, how being good managers of our resources glorifies God. So let's begin by reading the book of 1 Kings, chapter 17, verses 7 through 16. And if you don't have your Bible for any reason, I'm going to read it. In 1 Kings, chapter 17, verses 7 through 16. And... I apologize if I mispronounce some of the words there. Here goes. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath at Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, 
Make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. And we'll stop right there. So, why do you think God chose a widow living in poverty to supply Elijah's needs? Because he could have sent Elijah to a rich man who had way more food or water. But instead, God sent Elijah to this widow without any, without barely any oil or flour. Why did God do that? Think about that. Well, all we have is God's. How much we have or don't have isn't the problem. The real issue is our willingness to share with others. This situation also was an opportunity for God to make a miracle happen. God knew how much she had. God knew what was going on. Yet he still commanded the widow to make him food. Elijah. So if you notice in the Bible, look at the instructions that Elijah gives to the widow. Elijah tells her to make food for him first. But why so specific? Okay. He says, this is what he says. Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called and bring me, please, a piece of bread. And then after that, first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. Food first for Elijah and then to the widow and her son. Just like these instructions were specific, so was the purpose. It was specific. The widow was being tested this way. And she obeyed and result, and it resulted in God meeting her family's needs. So even though most of us might never be in the same position as that widow had to be in, God still will give you opportunities where we're going to have to decide to share something that we have with others. And it, it might not just be money. It could also be time. It can be talents. It can be skills, money, possessions. It can be all those things. And God wants people to be generous with those in need. So I want you to close your eyes and imagine you're in a room with four other people, okay? And I'm in the room too, so there's six in total. It's you, me, and four of the people. And I say, okay guys, I'm gonna pass out Ziploc bags that have your favorite candies in them. But the rule is that everyone that gets a bag has to give one candy back to me. Because I'm not gonna have a bag. I'm going to give you guys the bags of candy. So I start to hand out the Ziploc bags to each of you. And you get a Ziploc bag with just one candy though. And you notice everyone else has one candy in their bags. Except for the guy at the end of the table. 
because we're all sitting down at a table. Let's just imagine, okay? And but the guy at the end of the table, his bag is so full of candy that the bag it, you can't even close the bag. So how would that make you feel? Giving away the one favorite candy that you wanted to eat, but now you can't eat it because you're giving it to me. Did you have a problem with the rule that I made? Why or why not? Okay, so of course the guy with a ton of candy, he can give away the, the one piece. He won't he probably wouldn't care at all, right? But if there was only one Sour Patch Kid there in my bag, and especially if I'm craving Sour Patch Kids, <laughs> I, I that would make me so sad. Like you guys would have no idea. But yeah, of course I would have a problem. Because that would leave me with nothing. That would just leave me with an empty bag, right? Um, The widow was going to be left also with nothing if she followed the man's instructions. Because she only had enough, barely for her and her son. So in the end, she would be left sharing probably her tiny piece with her son. Or probably just not even have a piece herself. So God expects everyone, the rich or poor to be willing to give what they have and trust him to provide god has a plan for each and every one of us he knows how much you have and what you don't even though god doesn't ask us to give what we don't have he does ask us to provide for others out of what we do have and i'm going to say that again because that really impacted me when i was reading through this so Even though God doesn't ask to give us what we don't have, he does ask us to provide for others out of what we do have. Just like he did with that widow. That's all she had was the flour and oil. And that's what God asked her to give. Okay, he knows how much you have and how much you don't. So why do you think God requires that even the poor need to give to others? When they barely have enough for themselves. They might not even have enough for themselves. Well, that's the same question I like to think as asking why did he send Elijah to the widow to give him food? Because when we provide for others, God provides for us is the answer. God's economy isn't like ours, but because he's God, it works. And back to notebook and pencil now. I want us to draw a rectangle. To represent a dollar bill. Okay. It has to be big enough. So you can write words inside of it. So we're going to draw this rectangle. It's going to represent a dollar bill. If you want. You can. I guess draw it as a dollar bill. But we're going to be writing in it. Okay. Um, What I also want you to do. Is to cut the dollar bill. In a vertical line. Up and down. 10%. Out of the full dollar bill. Like a 10 to 90 ratio. So instead of cutting it in half, like 50%, we're cutting it just 10%, which is going to be more to the left. Move that line that's in half to the left. So so now you should have two rectangles, a big one and a small skinny one. And And on the big rectangle, what I want you to do is write down all the things that you buy for fun or personal use, okay? Well, for example, I like to buy video games. I spend my money on clothes. I know last week I spent it on snacks. I bought, I use my money to buy fast food. I've bought my money for a wristwatch, shoes, toys, 
hair products, collectibles, books. Um, you can write a bunch of stuff that you buy for fun or personal use. It could be jewelry, soda, um, and if you have a hobby, for example, I love to draw, I buy art supplies. Um, you can also, if, for example, you like cars, I'm guessing you'll probably buy upgrades to it to make it look nicer. You will end up spending money maybe to clean it with cleaning supplies, for example, those types of things. Um, whenever you finish writing all those things, and again, you can pause this podcast and write down all the little things that you think of that you might have bought um, this past week. Look around in your room, things that you enjoy um, you, and that you've, that you've bought. Write all those things in the big rectangle. And whenever you finish that, I want you to write on the small rectangle some uses for how the money that you should tie to the to that you should tithe to god could be used for ministry so you're going to write down on the small rectangle some uses for how the money you should tithe to god could be used for ministry and for those who don't know what tithing is it's just giving 10 percent of what you're earning back to god because he gives you all that you have so every time i get a paycheck for example of a hundred dollars on wednesday I'll give $10 that Sunday that's coming up. That's 10% of 100 is $10. Or if I have a, an allowance of $10, I'll give $1. Or if I have an allowance of $17, I'll round it up. Since it'll be 1.7, I'll round it up and just give um, $2 on Sunday. Um, this giving back to God should also be done with joy and thanksgiving, without complaining or, or giving grudgingly. So when you give more than your tithe um that's actually the first step towards developing a generous heart and that's also what tithing means is giving 10 percent back to god because he gave you all so god is going to test our obedience in the area of giving by asking us to give more to missions he's going to ask you to give more to your church or to a project that the church is planning For example, the events that we have, we're going to need money for that. And God's going to ask you to give more. And honestly, from experience, I love doing that. I love to give more than what I'm comfortable with. Sometimes I'll think maybe I'll just give $5 today because I'm not making that much, right? I don't have that much. I'll just give $5 today. And then that's whenever I start to think, nah, you know what? Let's go 10 I'm really pushing it there, you know, and then I'll uh, I'll go to the point where I'll end up giving more. Right. And then to the point where afterwards, um, the flesh human in me will be like, man, why did you do that? You could have spent that money on on a video game or so many other things, you know, something that I wanted recently. But in the end, I'll be happy because I'll know it's for God and he blesses me so much. It's the least I can do to give back. That's all he's asking for is 10%, whether you're rich or poor. And even still, he'll continue to bless me. And it just feels so awesome to give to God. So I, I wanted to share that. Like, I wanted to share that story because that's how I, I feel. And it's such a great feeling to give to God. Um, but anyways, back to the lesson. Next, we're going to read. To, about someone who has, who actually has a lot more than the widow has. And that's actually in the next chapter. 
Um, it's going to be in 1 Kings chapter 18, uh, verses 1 through 16. We're going to be talking about giving from abundance. The opposite of what the widow had, giving in poverty. So let's read 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 16. After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria, and Ahab had summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of his palace. Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord. While Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, fifty in each, and had supplied them with food and water. Ahab had said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs and valleys. Maybe we can find some grass to keep the horses and mules alive. So we will not have to kill any of our animals. So they divided the land they were to cover, Ahab going in one direction and Obadiah in another. As Obadiah was walking along, Elijah met him. Obadiah recognized him, bowed down to the ground and said, Is it really you, my lord Elijah? Yes, he replied. Go tell your master Elijah is here. What have I done wrong? asked Obadiah. That you are handing your servant over to Ahab to be put to death. As surely as the Lord your God lives, there is not a nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to look for you. And whenever a nation or kingdom claimed you were not there, he made them swear they could not find you. But now you tell me to go to my master and say Elijah is here. I don't know where the spirit of the Lord may carry you when I leave you. If I go until Ahab and he doesn't find you, he will kill me. Yet I, your servant, have worshipped the Lord since my youth. Haven't you heard, my Lord, what I did while Jezebel was killing the prophets of the Lord? I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets in two caves, fifty in each, and supplied them with food and water. And now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here? He will kill me. Elijah said, As the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I will surely present myself to Ahab today. All right, so let me explain that passage. Um, King Ahab, he had been planning to kill Elijah, the prophet, the same prophet who was um, talking to the widow that we just read about, right? Um, Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord, it says, and he was in charge of the King Ahab's palace. So Obadiah was taking a huge risk by by hiding a hundred prophets in caves and giving them food and water during the drought. Um, Obadiah meets up with Elijah and then he reminds him about Ahab's murderous uh, plan. But Obadiah also obediently tells Elijah's message to the king. Obadiah generously gave to 100 prophets and saved their lives by hiding them. And he generously gave the message that Elijah was here to the king. In what ways could Obadiah's generosity have cost him is the question. Well, from what the Bible says, it could have cost him his whole life. He would have lost everything if he was caught or if Elijah left. If God would have taken Elijah right to another place, like the Bible says, that has been happening. Um, what does Obadiah's life teach us here about our attitudes towards our possessions? 
Well, Obadiah used his wealth because he had a lot of it. He was in charge of the palace. So we know he was a wealthy man to provide for a hundred other people. We should use what we have to minister to others. God doesn't bless us so we can be selfish. God's plan is always for us to share whether we have a lot or a little. So let's finish up the lesson by asking a question about the two Bible passages we just read. Whose act of generosity was greater? Was it Obadiah providing for a hundred prophets of God or the widow feeding the prophet Elijah? So some would say Obadiah because he gave a lot by giving to 100 prophets. He was risking his life. He, he gave a lot of his wealth giving to 100 prophets. Um, I don't know how I would feel about wanting to give to 100 other people food and water for quite a long time. I try to imagine, yeah, if I had a lot, would I be able to do that? Would I be able to provide for a hundred people? Others could say the widow because she barely had enough for herself and she even gave that away. But the true answer, it's not about how much they gave. The thing that was amazing and noteworthy about these two is the obedience that they showed. One person was giving away their last meal, and another was risking his own life by saving and providing for the lives of 100. That's crazy obedience right there. That's amazing obedience right there. It's their obedience from both of them that put their own preferences aside. It made them selfless. It made them generous heroes. And it's also our obedience towards God that will often require us to put our own preferences aside that's a thing called sacrifice so remember that there is a difference between just giving and giving selflessly there is a difference sometimes god is going to ask you he's going to ask you to give more than what you're comfortable with when we're willing to give sacrificially as god tells us to he directs us he instructs us to do so he will reward your obedience. That's a promise. Okay? Though the reward might not be right away, or it might not be the reward that we expect. For example, if I give money, I would expect my reward to also be money. Um, but God, He works in ways that we don't understand. We can trust, though, that God will take care of us, even while we're helping and caring for others. So to, um, that's the end of the lesson. Um, really quick, I'm going to pray. And when you're praying, I also want you guys to pray for God to give you opportunities where you can generously give with a happy and thankful heart. And okay, so let's start. We thank you, Lord, for this wonderful lesson about giving on how you provide to those who don't even have any you still provide lord and you you know how much we all have and we thank you i'm thankful for giving me what i have lord and i ask that you give me an opportunity many opportunities to give so that way i can provide for someone else who needs it 
and that it can be an opportunity for them to see you, Lord, to see your glory, Lord, and maybe an opportunity to even come to church and that you may bless them, Lord. We thank you for for being a giving God as well, giving us ever since through the creation, Lord, you've always been giving. You've been giving your power. You've been you've been sacrificing your son for us, Lord. And we thank you for that. We thank you for that sacrificial giving that you give. You gave more than well, you're God, so maybe you were comfortable with giving. But you gave more than what we would be comfortable giving. So I ask that you give us the strength also to give more than what we normally do and to still trust in you, Lord, and have hope. Even if we don't have it right away and we feel like we're losing money, to give us hope to get through it, Lord, and to keep on providing for us. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Have a wonderful week. All right. Bye-bye.